Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for the 5 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Sign-Up Witness Coordinator, and every week we come to you and talk about what's going on in the community. So if you ever have an idea of something you'd like to hear or you want to learn more about Sign-Up Witness, please check out our website, silentwitness.org. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank not just KTAR Bonneville, but our producer, Bronwyn, who patiently puts up with us every week, corrects all of my mistakes, and uh, makes us sound like we actually know what we're doing. So thank you to KTR and Bronwyn. Today we are joined by a repeat guest. I think it's a three-peat. I think this is the third time we've had you here. Chief Michael Kurtenbach, Executive Assistant Chief of the Phoenix Police Department. Chief, thanks for being here. Happy to be here, Jamie. Thank you. Now, for those who've worked in the department or watched uh, certain news segments on TV, they may already have met you or met you at a community meeting. You're heavily engaged in community meetings when we have them. But what a lot of people don't know about you is something that's very important to you that you have grown over the years to where it is today, and that is the Employee Assistance Unit. So before we talk a little bit about wellness and what the Employee Assistance Unit does, would you be willing to walk us through why did you even become a police officer? How did you get here? And then a little bit about your career path since you've been uh, working for the department? I'd be happy to, Jamie. So first off, much to my mother's chagrin, I became a police officer because uh, you can't see the air quotes on radio, but I was supposed to be the successful one. Uh, I had a brother 20 years older than me who was a Phoenix police officer, so I grew up seeing him in his uniform doing this job. Sadly, as a young man, I went to police officer funerals. But it wasn't a path that I wanted to take. When I was seven years old, my dad had his first heart attack. And I was with him when he had that heart attack. And I was playing Little League Baseball at the time uh, with a boy whose father was a cardiologist who uh, performed rudimentary CPR on my dad and kept him alive. And so from there, what I wanted to be is I wanted to be a doctor. And I went to the University of Arizona for undergrad. I studied biochemistry, and I was preparing to take my uh, MCATs when my father passed. And my mother fell apart back here in Phoenix. So at that time, that was 1988, there wasn't distance learning the way we have today, and that may be a surprise to some. So I had to make a choice. I either came back here and I supported my mother. I took care of her and helped her in her transition Uh, Or I stayed down in Tucson. To me, the obvious choice was to come home and take care of my family. And then at that point, I had to decide what I wanted to do. So had I chosen the path of being a physician, I wanted to be a trauma room physician. Ultimately, what I wanted to do is I wanted to help people. And it may sound trite to some, but then I grew up watching my brother be a police officer. I watched what he did. And I said, I can do this thing, law enforcement, where I can fulfill my dream of helping people while also staying home to take care of my mother. And that's how I ended up joining the department on May 7th, 1990. And if we could take a moment, I want to honor your brother, because for me, when I came on, he was the first Kurtenbach that I had ever heard of. What what rank did he rise to? So he actually retired as an assistant chief. Um, his daughter was a dispatcher for us as well. So it was a true family affair. When I came out as a rookie officer, his daughter, Monica, was working down in communications. We were all here at the same time. It, it was it was pretty neat. It, it's one of the best recruitment tools we have when you think about it. When you look at how many family members 
are involved in our agency. It's, there's so many same last names and so many relationships. And I think that's a testament to, to our department. I think it's a testament to working for the city and, and the work environment. Uh, a lot of folks may look at the challenges that, that public safety has, but when you look at how many family members have joined, I, I think that says a lot about the people we employ. Oh, I think so. And I say this all the time, that the Phoenix Police Department is a family. Uh, we can be dysfunctional at times. We have our challenges at times. But we do a really good job of taking care of one another, especially when that need is there. And that's one of the greatest loves I have of our department is the way we look out for each other. One of the things that you won't tell people is, so you go from officer to sergeant, lieutenant to commander, to assistant chief. And people don't realize that between assistant chief and chief is the executive assistant chief. Where did your career go? And did you ever see yourself being in that office on that floor? <laughs> Absolutely not. I uh, I never had any intention. My, my brother, he, as I watched him uh, climb through the organization, he had a philosophy that you should never work anywhere longer than two years, that you should build a resume. And I think he meant that in a way of, of learn more about our department. We're the largest department in the state. We have a lot to offer, but that wasn't me. I promoted a Sergeant Young, and I did it at a time when I didn't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers today, but I knew I could treat people better than a series of supervisors that I worked for. So that's why I worked really hard to promote, because I, that's what I wanted to do. I really wanted to be that boots on the ground operational person. And I was sitting there at 15 years on. And, and quite frankly, what happened is I, I became a little introspective, being very candid. I, I looked at some individuals that had promoted past me and I said, um, I, I don't know that I could work for them. So I decided I'm going to apply myself. Uh, there was a, a supervisor that I worked for years ago who said, hey, if you don't like it, take the test. So I elected to take the lieutenant's test and. As they say, I guess the rest is history. I wish you were the only person. So it doesn't matter where you work and what your career is. The reality is we've all looked around and said, here's the leader I want to be. And here's maybe someone I don't want to report to because I, I know how they treat people. You have a reputation of treating people exceptionally well during your career. And so this is a strange question. Is that an intentional act or is that just kind of how you're wired? Do you go in every day saying, look, employees matter and here's why? Or are you just naturally the person who cares? And is that hard to do in your current position? You're very kind, Jamie, to say that. I, I, I genuinely care about people. Uh, we can't do anything in life, and certainly in this profession, without people. And so long as we're required to recruit from the human race, we're going to make mistakes. And we just need to be benevolent. We need to be understanding and help people through whatever challenges they face in life. And I give all the credit to my parents and the way they raised me. Faith was very important in our household. Um, church, uh, giving. Uh, my parents had the, I had the honor of my parents sending me to Brophy. Uh, my brother went to St. Mary's. I used to tease that they didn't love him as much as they loved me. But the reality was what I learned at Brophy, the motto there is men for others. And so that really was ingrained in me is that spirit of service, which is why the ultimate transition to law enforcement and taking care of those that I have the incredible honor of working with every day just comes naturally. You were leading in a very difficult time, a time that if you and I had a conversation two years ago and we talked about what's going on, you would have thought it was a movie. No one could envision where we are now. And you still 
seem that you have a humble servant's heart when you leave. Now, candidly, because of your rank, uh, people shouldn't be going directly to you. But everyone who's worked with you and for you probably thinks of you as a friend and someone they trust. And they're probably going to you in many cases for mentoring and leadership and career advice, even though technically that goes outside the chain. Does it mean something to you when someone comes and says, I really value your opinion and I want to follow your career path? It's a very humbling. I have never said no to anyone who has reached out to ask to meet, to chat. Uh, Assistant Chief Martos and I uh, recently have been going out and hitting briefings. And it's funny to me. So I'm a guy who spent 14 years of my career at different ranks working in South Mountain Precinct. But I go back there now because it's been over a decade since I've worked there. And most of the officers, they know who I am because of the rank that I hold, but we never worked together. But I extend the same offer to them as those that I've worked side by side with forever. And I give them my email address and I encourage them to reach out to me because what I say all the time is I can't fix what I don't know. So don't assume that I know that there is this challenge out there. You know, our offices are on the fourth floor of police headquarters. So fourth floor becomes a a four letter word. So don't assume the fourth floor knows what's happening. Tell me what's happening. Give me the opportunity to fix it or to address it. And that's what I strive to do to to maintain that connectivity and and something else that I do. and, And hopefully my wife isn't listening, although she knows this is that uh, I still go out and I make traffic stops and I still roll in on calls because I think that's important because as I am entrusted to lead this organization, I need to at least to some extent know what our officers are facing, which is why I do that. When I talk about rank, so we know a lot of the listening audience maybe isn't in law enforcement, didn't serve in the military. So typically what happens is you report to the rank directly above you. You and I both have friends that are, uh, well, you don't. I have friends who have outranked me. You you now have outranked many of our friends. Uh, the natural inclination is to go to those people that you trust and ask those questions, which is why I say typically people when they reach around. But To a person I've talked to as we've been doing these leadership surveys, everyone appreciates how at that moment you make them feel like they matter and they're very important. So the fact that you're telling them, I want your feedback, it it, it matters. It means a lot to people. So thank you for doing that. That's how we get better as an organization. Something else that's very important to you is our people. And maybe not everyone knows you've been the huge proponent of the creation and growth of an employee assistance unit. For many, many years. Can you talk about why that means so much to you? So very briefly, I was a young third shift officer um, and I responded to a call for service and it was a very benign call. It was a return call for a loud noise. And as I was going up the stairs, getting ready to pass this picture window to get to the front door, there was the unmistakable sound of a shotgun blast inside of the apartment. And as I dropped to one knee to look through the slats, I saw a gentleman coming out the front door with a shotgun. Uh, I got trapped on the balcony with him for 21 minutes. I think I was, I I don't know who was more scared to see the other person, he or or I. And sadly, at the end of that time, it ultimately ended with this gentleman taking his own life. And I don't blame the leaders that I worked for at the time. But what we did as an organization is I, I got taken to a Denny's where I got a hamburger and some fries and there there were no services. There was no, hey, are you good? Because you were just expected to be good. And you go back to work and by the grace of God, and because faith is so important to me, uh, I was good, but I've seen many people in our department who haven't been good. And then sadly, through the progression of my career and and working in some amazing places like South Mountain and Maryville, I've been confronted with the ultimate sacrifice and I just want to take care of our people. 
And Jamie, you're very humble as well. You've done great things for our employee assistance unit. And when I was afforded the opportunity through promotion to give back to our organization, what the first thing I wanted to do is really build up EAU for our people. Because ultimately, I want all of our people to leave this job on their terms, whether it be after 30 years with Cake and Punch, whether it be going to do something else. But I want it to be because they wanted to leave when they wanted to leave. I want them to be happy. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be fulfilled. Somebody once told me if an employee has a bad day, their families feel it. That's wherever you work. So what you've done is you've created a framework that we can help them have as many good days as possible and their families prosper because of it. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this, but when you leave this department, whenever that is, what what do you want your legacy to be and what do you want to be remembered as? Really, I just want to be somebody that, that people could say I was very approachable, that I cared about them. It's it's interesting on our uniforms, there, there are different awards that you can wear in the same way on your wall. And what's always important to me are those awards that have come from the department and those that have come from the community. It's all about what our people say about us. It's about what we give back to them. So ultimately, I just want them to say that I made them feel better and I helped them on their journey. You do. You have. I've talked to many people who really were in some some interesting situations and they just so appreciate how you treat them and the framework you've built for them. So thank you for all you do for our organization and our career. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.